Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than a Stand-Up. I'm Brent Lamont. Joining me today in the second part of our conversation about how agile is and what you'd necessarily call it, friends of the pod, Justin Chrysostomo out of SAP ISBN Enablement Operations, Agile Operations team. Hey, Justin. Hi there. And then also Michael Basil, who comes from our good friends at He's Cloud Ops at SAP Fieldglass. Michael, how are you? Good, good, good to be here. Thanks for being here. Okay, so we're continuing the conversation about Agile isn't what you necessarily call it. And when we took our small break between episode recordings, the conversation is how do you help teams figure out what's the next piece? Like how do, how do you help push a team along if you're a coach, if you're a scrum master, like if they're not familiar, actually, I'm going to just back all of this up. Let's start out with, because we've talked about it where you're installing Agile, right? Walk me through, you're a team that is, you're working with a team that's experienced. I'll give the example that I gave when we were doing the pre-recording. When I first started out, I was very much standing on the book because it's like, I'm a certified scrum master. I have all of these skills. Teams should be doing it this way because this is what the book says it should be doing. And I said to the team, okay, you know, we need to be running 15 minute standups and we need to be writing our stories better. And the team looked at me and I was like, no, we were perfectly successful without you doing this. We do not need you to do this. Change your tone. And that's where I went, oh, you mean I don't have to, I, I don't have to? Oh, okay. So Justin, walk me through how as a new coach, as a new scrum master, because we're going to have those listening to this episode. If you're a new scrum master and you've got an existing team, what's the first thing you'd want to tell them to be successful? Uh, research and internalize the Dunning-Kruger effect. Um, and for those that are listening that don't know what that is, it's the inverse relationship between confidence and competence. Um, said another way is the least able people are often the most confident in their abilities. And the people who have the most ability tend to have the least confidence in that ability because they recognize the universe of knowledge that they currently don't possess, right? Um, uh, another way of saying it is, you know, just enough to be dangerous, but not enough to be helpful. Um, so these are all kind of ways of saying different things. Uh, the, I'm sorry, uh, different ways of saying the same thing. And it is what I often give new agilists uh, or new um, individuals that I support, which is you have reached a level of knowledge that is laudable and should be respected, but will probably not be very impressive to you in five years. So recognize that now, and you will do so much better from here to that five-year mark. Okay, nice. Basil. Hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, a thought that was resonating um, as Justin, as you were describing, uh, you know, like what, what's going on there, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the effect and, 
it's like I think the way I think of it is when a when an agile coach or practitioner or any kind of coach or practitioner or consultant really is coming into a system, they're there to it's one word, it's homeostasis. Let's find the optimal equilibrium, right? And then let's let's exceed that then, right? And it's like, well, you know, that that begs the question, what do we even care about? Right. So like personally, I might think uh, health triangle, you know, physical, mental, social, right? Like, okay, that's a good way you can find a lot of people use that that model. Like, okay, maybe there's another health triangle for this group. What are the three paradoxical constraints? You know, so one on a ops team would be like, are we functionally healthy? You know, how's our stuff running? Um, how are we doing on cost health? Okay. And then security, how are we doing on security? Right. Like how, how are those health lenses? And then, you know, it's like, that's, that's like in addition to how much stuff are we getting out the door and uh, how are our customers feeling? So these are, these are, these are high correlations. So, you know, I think it's like, again, I'll come back to, we have to be grounded in, in how we approach, you know, how we're going to kind of come into equilibrium in a, in a, in an experienced team. They know how to do a lot of the stuff. They've they've been through the exercise. They know where all the all the carnival rides are, and so you, you really got to kind of I think gain their trust by you know like I'm there to help for homeostasis in any way I can, any way that's going to serve the team. And you know if if they start believing that, then then that starts to you start to open up the dialogue. You start to reground, and then you find that the carnival rides are a lot cleaner and look a lot better, even sometimes without even harping on it, because they feel better. And then people don't want trash laying around the rides when they're they're feeling better. And so there, there's a whole element of I just find it a highly complex system, but it's it's driving at homeostasis. I don't know if that was too much for you, Brent, but that's what you got. No, it was totally fine. See, here's the thing that I, I'm going to make it super simple because I'm a super simple guy. As a new scrum master, as a new coach, to a team, existing or not, be very agile by inspecting what is going on with Mm -hmm. this team and adapting your preconceived notions and your tools to that team. Because if you go in there without inspecting and adapting, you're going to go and stand on the book or you're going to do the thing that you always do. And none of that may work with that team. Yeah, it's sad that it's become a buzzword, but I really think systems thinking is one of those things that, I mean, if you could, if you could test for that, let's say you're a hiring manager, right? That would be the one. If someone said you can test for one thing, let's say good at systems thinking, and you know that's arguable even within my own brain. But the reason for that is because with that talent or with that capability you can work out everything else if you see the system for what it really is if you're able to hold those concepts in your mind all at the same time that is something that's number one very hard to test for very hard to find very hard to learn right Um, and it is super super valuable and beneficial to any organization right because to find equilibrium you have to understand there's a system there Right. <laughs> That's, I totally agree. If, you, if people can't conceptualize a the system, there's gonna be all kinds of problems, socially, technical output, like 
emotionally, like all kinds of things. I mean, just the, the whole thing is not, not, not optimal. It's yeah. The result is you get people fiddling around the edges of something and never actually hitting a constraint or actually moving the needle. Right. Cause it's like, well, this is right in front of me. So I got to fix this, but the system right. thinker sees it and says, well, this is right in front of me, but that's over there is broken. That's what's it's like. This. Yeah. It's like a primate banging on a car with a wrench and then it starts driving. But well, see, that did that. See, it's so funny because I was thinking of the you you think it's that you need a wrench when you only need a hammer, right? Like you bring, <laughs> you bring the wrong tool to yeah. the to the job because you're like, oh well, this is the thing that needs fixing. It's like, no, the other thing is the thing that needs fixing. And if you don't take the step back to do the full picture, right? And it's why smart scrum masters, the first thing that they do is they just shut up and listen. They spend a sprint listening to what's going on, making notes, and then revalidating that information. Because, you know, one team I started working with, I was told by, you know, the boss's boss's boss of this team that they're broken and you need to fix them. And I was like, okay. So yeah. I just sat, I, I sat there and I listened and it was like, no, they're not broken. They're just not, they're not telling you enough. <laughs> told you what they were actually doing. You would be amazed at, the, at what they're actually doing. So it's the, you know, you're, you're told, take this wrench and fix that thing. And it's like, no, I don't need to take the wrench. What I need to do is I need to take a little ball peen hammer and tap in a nail. And lo and behold, the boss's boss's boss, you know, three sprints later was like, this is amazing. Yes, because I didn't do what you told me to. So is it, is it fair to say how to accept or not accept the premise? That's absolutely yeah. Completely. This is crazy. I was writing out accept no conclusion, right? So it's again proving why you two needed to be on a podcast. <laughs> well, right. It's just like the person who's telling you everything that's wrong is the one whose story you probably should not be very skeptical of because if they know everything that's wrong and they're frustrated well they definitely haven't fixed it right <laughs> so then maybe they're not solving the right problem it's like going and seek to understand and if you're if you're observing and inspecting these systems that you're not familiar with and have very little credibility coming in better not be judgmental in your body language right so like that's not going to help and you feel, oh, I can't believe they're doing this, right? That's see, that's a bad thing. That's a bias in your head. That's right? that's not good. It's like they're they're probably what if they're doing the best they can? What if this was an improvement from before? So you have to like really understand where this team can get to, where they've been, where they are now, and understand the time element of that. And that it doesn't have to be fixed in this exact second. So there is time to inspect. Always more time. Right on. Ooh, silence. I think we I think we've hit it. Have we have we have we run out of steam on this? I don't think we'll ever run out of steam on this, but I think it's a good it's a, you you've you've naturally come to a good pause point. This is good. At, Justin Justin's yeah. amazing. Uh, see, I'm telling right you, back at you, Basil. Uh, right? I mean, I'm telling you, I wanted to put you two together for a reason. I'm glad I put you two together for a reason, which means I'm gonna put them together again. Uh, it's just going to be what what's the topic going to be i don't know yet i don't know you can always you know internally within sap you can send me an email <laughs> externally you can always send things to info at faster than stand give me a topic 
I'd love to hear it. So that's the end of this iteration. I'm Brent. I'm Justin. I'm Michael. Until the next iteration, you can give us a five-star rating at your podcast provider. Shoot us an email at info at fasterthanastandup.com, or you can find us on Twitter at Faster Standup. Thanks for listening. And that was Faster Than a Standup. The opinions on this podcast are solely those of the participants and not of their employers.